Well, good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, wherever you are tuning in from. I am broadcasting live here on my YouTube channel, which is Angeline Mitchell. So if you are watching this broadcast or catching the replay, please like and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Angeline Mitchell, where I broadcast all my live podcast episodes. And also, we um, there's some really um, good content in there about rediscovering yourself and taking ownership of your life. And also, oops, please welcome to my podcast. Let's break the silence with Angeline. So please like and subscribe to my podcast on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google, Apple, and all the live streams. And we launch our podcast episodes every Monday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. So please be on the lookout for that. And I am super excited to bring back to bring back Paulette Buchanan. This is part two. We decided, you know, part one was so amazing, Paulette. Mm-hmm. We have we had such excellent feedback because mm-hmm. I know we were talking, you know, you were sharing your story, mm-hmm. you know, talking about your book, fightingforjusticebook.com. So when you get a chance, please go to my YouTube and watch that podcast live. And also please go to my uh, podcast, Let's Break the Silence with Angeline. I don't recall. I think it was episode 30 or 31, but I'll post that in the comments section after we go live. So please be on the lookout and please listen to that podcast episode and please share this live out with anyone who needs to hear this message. So today, we this is part two. So Paulette, welcome. And it's so great to see you here. So we're going to be talking about day-by-day practical steps to maintaining your mental and spiritual sanity in a stalking situation. Right. So this is going to be a real eye opener because I know, you know, I know you have shared your story about your brother and everything. So let's talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Um, Again, it's it's stalking or any other related crimes, uh, abuse of any sort basically is traumatic. And it actually does cause injury to your brain. And it's kind of like any other type of injury you may have um, if you break your bones, if you have irritable bowel syndrome, if you have migraines, if you have MS, you're going to have certain things that trigger it. You're going to have episodes where it flares up. Um, And it's the same thing with trauma when you're in a a, a stalking situation. Um, First of all, you're on high alert. Um, you have to really start to recognize and understand your own emotions in all of this. And you have to be prepared. You can't just say, well, you know, yesterday was a bad day. That's just not going to ever going to happen again. Um, whether the stalking situation is ongoing or whether it is a sort of a past event, it has left a mark on you. And you have to learn now to deal with that much like you would have to deal with any other type of health issue. You know, I have, for example, degenerative discs and mm-hmm. in my back, and I have to learn what I can do and what I cannot do. I have to learn what the triggers are to set that off. So I'm not laying on my back for days on end, you know, with a sore back. I have to learn to take care of myself. It's good self-care. So when you get a trigger, maybe it could be a nightmare. It could be um somebody says something to you that's just really insensitive. It can be something you see on on TV, a news story about another stalking situation, and that can set your emotions off in a tailspin. You've got to 
learn in your own mind what it takes to say, you know what, here's the reality of everything that I'm going through right now. I need to take a breather, maybe take a walk, maybe just exercise a little bit of, of um, good nutrition, good exercise, whatever it takes to make sure that I am not um, going down that tailspin. I can catch myself. And we do have that strength. It's like any other muscle in our body. We can exercise our brain that has been traumatized to say, okay, here's the other parts of my brain that I'm going to use to utilize this. And that doesn't mean slipping into denial of reality. It doesn't mean taking drugs. It doesn't mean, you know, guggling down vodka or anything else like that. It means exercising that part of your brain that says, yes, I went through this, but I am going to pull myself up. I do have value. I do have worth. And this is, I'm not going to give my stalker what they want. And you know, out of that too, it is perfectly fine to, to feel anger. You're going to have those flares. You're going to feel anger. You're going to feel grief. You're going to feel sadness. And honestly, I think sometimes our tears can be like a relief valve, you know, when you just have to let it all out. And then you say, okay, I'm going to have my time of crying. And then I'm going to get on with life. This day is a gift. It may be cloudy outside. It may be, you know, a thunderstorm. It may be a snowstorm. It may be something that you don't want to have to deal with. But you know what? Every day is a gift. And you are taking your next breath because this is a gift. You have a gift. And now you need to make, you need to utilize that gift. <laughs> take good care of yourself. Experience in those emotions. If you get triggered off, yes, that made me angry. But what am I going to do with my anger right now? Well, I mean, you could punch a pillow, you could go to a workout gym, you could work it out, you could take a walk, you, whatever it takes to right. work out. Don't run from it. If you get a trigger, it's it just like any other thing. If you get IBS, if you get a migraine, you can't just slip into denial of reality or glug down vodka or shoot up drugs. You've got to deal with the reality. You don't want to make your situation worse by some temporary sort of a, a comfort that you may feel only for a little time and it's actually going to make it worse. You need to make sure that you deal with your emotions when they pop up. If you wake up from a bad dream, it's like, you know what? You need to cry, but you need to say, look, I'm looking around me. This is a gift of a day. Count your blessings. Be grateful for what you have. Mm. Think of all the big and little things, even the littlest thing that will make you grateful for whatever good you have, you know, it could be your cat, it could be, you know, your friend who may, you know called you last night, whatever it is, you never know when the triggers are going to happen. They're oftentimes completely outside of our control. Um, and so you need to make sure that you're ready for them. Like in any other thing, I never know when sometimes my back is going to go out, but I need to be ready for that. And I need to be ready for my own triggers, you know, and they are going to happen. You need to be ready for them. Right. And I agree with you. Yes. We need to be prepared, you know, mm -hmm. when those triggers happen. And it, and it is going to happen. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. to counteract that damage, I know that you had said, remind yourself often that you have value and worth and mm -hmm. you, that you are worth defending and standing up for yourselves. And I, I recall before the broadcast, we talked about this. Okay. Yeah. Standing up for yourself. Yeah. You know, sometimes if it takes like, you know, thank God, there are so many good things on YouTube. I always say, you know, for all the bad things that are out there on the Internet, there are actually some good things. Um, but if you need to take some kind of self-assertiveness training type of thing, um, and even especially if you're a stock victim, 
I, I recommend you take some kind of self-defense or safety courses. Um, you can also join other victims groups. Um, obviously, you need to talk to the right kind of um, professional um, because there are some professionals, they have some of their own issues with this. We actually had um, one of our therapists in the, like, I think we met with her maybe twice, three times. And she said, you know what? This is setting off triggers with me because I was a stock victim years right. ago. I just can't deal with this. So you need to find the right kind of therapist who can help you through it. It's no fault of her own. That's just something that, you know, she deals more with kids issues and stuff and, and teens issues and stuff, but she was recommended to us and we went to her, but they, the person who recommended her did not know about this. And so um, it, it set that off in her. So you do have to find a good support system. That is so essential that you find a good support system that understands what you're going through. And if you need like defending yourself, standing up for yourself, you know, look into those self-assertive, there are books out there, YouTube channels, anything mm -hmm. that you can find, um, safety courses, things like that, where you can learn to say, you know what, I'm worth defending. And <laughs> you know, we're defending ourselves. I'm like, geez, what is the concept? It's like basic human nature, fight or flight. Well, you know what? There yeah. are times you have to flee, but there are times you have to stand up and fight for yourself. You know, the funny thing of it is, you're from New York, I'm from Connecticut, my dad was from Long Island and New York City. And you just learn all cards out on the table. And and you know, you learn that. And it's like there are some people, I think honestly, they would think twice about messing with people if we just stood up to them to say, you know what? You're not going to do it. You don't have to yell and scream. Sometimes you do, but right. you don't necessarily have to. I, I kind of, I tell, used to tell me, uh, my students this. I learned this lesson from my dogs. Sometimes a low growl is a lot more effective than a loud bark. <laughs> you know? Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's like, you're not going to do that now. <laughs> right, exactly. You know? exactly. And I, I think, too, um, you know, I'm only five foot two. And I think sometimes, well, you know, maybe if I were like six foot five, you know, maybe people wouldn't mess with me as much as they do. But the fact that we're women, the fact that sometimes there are men out there, and unfortunately, there are a lot of men who are addicted to very violent porn. Um, and they think stalking women and abusing women is a fun pastime. And, and you do have to learn to be discerning about people. Um, when you're in kind of a lower emotional state where you feel vulnerable, you can be more susceptible to being manipulated by manipulative people who know how to use deceit and all of that. You need to learn to make sure you're learning that process of saying, you know what, why, why is this person being so nice to me? And it can be another female. I've had that happen with, right. uh, you know, who again, and it's, they're usually, they'll suck you dry. You know, they know you're having issues, but they are having their own issues. Um, there's one woman I know she was, she's been in an abusive relationship for, oh my goodness, close to 30 years wow. and she will not leave it. And she has jeopardized her own child and her own grandchild. And it's like, you're not getting sympathy from me. You had choices to make all along the way. You're not going to get sympathy from me. The only people who need to be pitied are your children and grandchildren, you know? Right, exactly. You need, you need to make sure you have a good value system. Um, and again, valuing yourself and also being discerning, learning that discerning. Listen to your gut feeling. If somebody's making you feel uneasy, listen to your gut feeling. I don't care if they think, oh, well, you're being rude. Or why are you not being so nice to me? And it's like, you know what? I just don't feel like I'm comfortable around you, okay? Lay your cards out on the table. Let people right. know where you're coming from. 
So, oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And you know, the important thing of it is, is I, I've mentioned this before, don't consume your energies by throwing pity parties for yourself. You know, I, I and that's it, it's easy trap to get into because the realities are I came from a very abusive family, not my parents, but my brothers. They abused my parents. They abused right. me. They've abused a lot of other people. And it, it is a, a hole in my life that I don't have family members. I've oftentimes told people I'd be better off being a single child. My mother even said that. And it's like, you would have been better off being an only child, you know, because it, it mm -hmm. was just, it's been so hard because of the way they treated her and the way they treated me. And it is difficult. And that is something that I'm never going to have a whole family, but I'm going to be grateful. I have a good brother-in-law. I have good cousins, you know, I have good friends and you don't need like 300 million of them. <laughs> you just need a no. few really good, strong um, family members and friends, you know? So that's an important thing. Don't throw pity parties for yourself. Yes. Horrible things happen, but that is not the whole way that you are defined as a person. So that's the, the other thing you want to make sure of. You want to have balance, vigilance. Oftentimes when you're stalked, the least little thing can, can set you off. What was that noise? You know, well, what was it, you know, and, and or it can be in a way almost paralyzing. You want to have balanced vigilance. That's important to have. And that is a learned ability where, again, you, it's part of that discernment process. You know, um, if someone's following you around in a car, well, then, you know, that that has happened. Like when we've had people, my brother's cult followers, he runs an online cult. He's had in cult followers who have also harassed us. You need to just develop that sort of um, extra sense to say, uh oh, you know what? Something's going on here that's not right. And I'm, I'm not going to like freak. I'm going to stand up to this. I actually confronted one of my brother's cult followers. And um, yeah, I actually confronted him and I told him all about what my brother is and, and everything. And I said, and the police are aware of this right now because my, my husband has called them and let them know about this after I talked with them. So Good. yeah, you need to really take the bull by the horns. You need to make sure you're, you're standing up for yourself and, and balance you don't want to be too like hyperactive, you know, and hyper vigilant to where the least little thing, I mean, if a neighbor says, oh, hi, how you doing? You're like freaking out. You don't freaking out. Right. Yeah. See so, that? Yeah, I know. And again, I think it's also important that, you know, for example, I lived in the state of Connecticut. We could not get the laws enforced. There's a lot of corruption there. Talked to a civil rights attorney. She was the one who actually said, you need to write a book about your experience. She said, because as an attorney, I see this all the time. There's so much corruption in the courts and even in the legislative process. They kind of, you know, schmooze with each other and everything else. And um you you need you need to write a book about this, she told me. But also victim advocates said, you know, in your particular situation, your one brother is so aggressive at the way he's stalking you, you're never gonna get the laws of Connecticut enforced for you because right? you just won't do it. And uh unless you're a special person, unless you have special connections, you're never gonna get the laws enforced. And they recommended we move out of state. I born and raised in Connecticut. I never thought I would leave New England. I never thought I would. And yet it's like, you know what? This is not the state I was born into. If this is the kind of state I'm in, I'm, I'm kind of like one of those people who used to escape like the old Soviet Union, you know? Right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> the state where they at least halfway enforce the laws. And it, the police here have been far more supportive. The district attorney here has been far more supportive. 
Um, and so they have actually warned my brother, you didn't think about it. And they've told us we have concealed carry in this state. And so, you know, I, I, we took all the pistol training classes. We did that actually in Connecticut, but we, we went down to, to Tennessee when we got our permit down here, we did some more classes with gun safety. Um, I do think responsible people should have guns to defend ourselves. If you're not going to enforce the laws, then we're left on our own to have to defend ourselves. And I think also it's a good way to boost your confidence to say, hey, I can handle this. This is no really no different than the safety right. issues. If I were using a drill or a nail gun, I need to know how to use my tool. This is a protective tool to use. And I, uh, God forbid I should ever have to use it, but I'm ready to use it. You know, And this right. is the world we live in. Because even if you're not being stalked, this is just a dangerous world we live in and some states are worse than other states. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm glad we live in a state where by and large, the laws are enforced a lot more consistently than in Connecticut. It's not perfect. There's no paradise, but it is right. a lot better here in Tennessee where we live than with the, with any place we could have lived in in Connecticut. In fact, um, one of our friends, he had a friend who was a former state trooper. He's a retired state trooper. And he was saying, you know, somebody um, comes up to your place and, and stuff and breaks into your house. Don't call 911. Get your gun out and shoot them because the police yeah. oftentimes do not come. If they if somebody's calling in a panic and say somebody's just broken into my home, the police will actually wait because they don't want to get hurt. So, I mean, it, it's a crazy situation in some states where you just you have law enforcement that's you know too afraid to enforce the law. Yeah, they're so, too afraid is right, especially. Right in domestic violence situations exactly or stalking right. situations stalking yeah. situa because yeah. today we're talking about stalking situations and the effects and how you know we can help people heal from that you know mm -hmm. um because it's not a fun place to be in yep no it really isn't so okay. you know the other thing and i mentioned this before surround yourself with really good healthy people and do really good healthy mm -hmm. things for yourself um, the one thing your stalker, you need to understand the mentality of your stalker or your abuser. And that is they want to make you feel like crap. They want to make you feel like dirt. They want to make you feel like you're worthless. They want to push you to the brink of suicide. And I mean, I myself, I can remember those fleeting little mere seconds of thought about when my worst despair of like, why don't I just end it? And, it's, and instantaneously, I thought, no, that's what they want. And I'm not going to give it to them. You know, if you want to think right. about it. Your best revenge against your stalker or your abuser is to live a good life. That's <laughs> I love it. You know, is, is to live a good life, to say, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm worth taking care of. I'm worth standing up for myself. I'm worth taking care of, you know? Um, so I think um, the important thing of it is, too, it's little things like um, don't overwork yourself. Oftentimes when we have a, a very upsetting, bad like almost terminal situation happening. Right. We can overwork ourselves. We can bury ourselves in our work. And you don't want to do that. You need to make sure you have balance in your life, your work, your play, your entertainment, everything. You need to make sure you have good balance. If um, you have a hobby or maybe you need to rediscover a hobby, you need mm -hmm. to go and do that. Um, bird watching, anything, going to concerts, whatever it is. I mean, don't go to those mosh pit concerts when you're gonna hurt yourself no, but you know what i did yeah an example 12 years ago when i moved to upstate new york 
I went to see the Stevie Dicks concert. Yeah. You see that? Yeah. That was like right at, that was, it was in August, you know, three months after I escaped domestic violence and moved yep. to upstate New York. So yes, I mean, and Lord knows I was being stalked, you know, during my divorce proceedings, I was being stalked like, for, like it was no tomorrow. Yeah. And, it, and, you know, and this is just it, is that um, sometimes people have said when they're trying to deal with their stalker, well, maybe if I just sit down and talk with them. Well, here's the thing. Maybe you should just try to tame a rabid animal because you're going to get about as much success. These are people right. whose brains don't think right. OK, they are addicted to the sense of power and control they can get over people. And like, in, you know. Oftentimes people would say, well, just ignore your brother. He'll go away with people like this. Ooh. They can't stand being ignored. And the only thing that, that, that you can do is stand up. If you, if protective orders are going to help you, you know, you might want to talk to a lawyer about it because oftentimes protective orders aren't worth wiping your butt on because they're just right. <laughs> being quite honest. Um, but do whatever it takes. Um, definitely let your police know every single incident of stalking. Make yourself a royal pain in the backside to the police. And of course, they're going to tell you, oh, just get a protective order. And you know what? If you're really? lawyer, sometimes you need a lawyer to just pay them enough to talk to the police chief to say, hey, my client needs protection. Okay. You need to call this guy, at least call this stalker and tell them to stop it or else. Okay. And let them figure out what the or else is. Okay. But I honestly, anybody who is in an abusive or stalking situation, you've got to make sure they know you've got guns because like my brother, he's got, you know, his little arsenal there, AR-15, at least one of them um, and other types of guns. Well, you know what? That's what we're going to be doing is is getting ourselves some guns. That's what we figured out so many years ago when this stop this started happening. Right. Um, is we've got to protect ourselves, and we live in a type of state where, with concealed carry, we have a better chance. If you know, even one of the police officers said, "Hey, if he you see him in a Walmart parking lot, and he's coming after you, mm. you have the right to take him out." You know, um, because there's a history here. And if he's going to be doing this, you need to be able to protect, protect yourself. And he asked me, are you ready to do that? I said, well, I don't want to have to do it, but right. yeah, I'm ready to do it. Um, you just, I think, again, those safety classes, the gun permit classes, I think they build self-confidence. And again, it is yet another tool to use. And if your stalker or your abuser knows you're armed, chances are they're not going to screw with you. They're not going to mess with you. So you want to make sure you do everything you can do. No wishful thinking, no denial of reality. And again, you know, you want to take good care of yourself. Nutrition and exercise. I always emphasize that. Well, me too. I, I'm going out for a walk. I do yeah. a hot girl walk. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, no, connecting with nature now, like, for example, the other day, you know, and please share this live out with your friends. You know, if anyone is, to, I see like one or two people coming into the, to the YouTube live. So please like and share this live and you can like and subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Angeline Mitchell. So this is, you know, we are live on YouTube right now. So please share this out and please go to the link in my bio and mm. do that. So anyways, yes. Yeah. So what, I, what, what was I going to say? 
See, like oh, Thursday, I took off. Yeah. I took off on Thursday. And I went to my chiropractor. So listen to this. He, there's like a little pond there. Oh. I was just so serene and calming. Yeah. You know, and getting my once a month adjustment is always a benefit too. Okay. Yeah. So, but I got a massage too. See, oh. we need to take care of ourselves. And I really, really talk about this and stress about this a lot. We mm. need to take care of ourselves. Taking an Epsom salt bath. Yeah. Anything, anything. And nutrition is so, you know, garbage in, garbage out, right? Um, we need to make sure we're taking in good nutrients because when you are stressed, your body craves good nutrients. It is craving it even more than usual because your body is in, in a sense, survival mode. So eat good proteins, eat good vegetables, fruits, things like that. But definitely taking walks, doing any kind of exercise, because it helps to relieve the stress. It produces also endorphins. It's the way the good Lord made us that we need this in our system to make sure that we are taking the best care of ourselves. Right. You know, again, that's the best revenge, right? The best revenge against your stalker exactly. is living a good life. So um, yeah. And, and again, YouTube has so many good soothing um, music videos, mm -hmm. nature videos. It has beautiful videos out there with um, very serene pictures. One of the things I do um, on an, it's an indoor exercise machine that I have, um, I miss the ocean. That's the only thing I, I me miss. Me too, me too. I used to live near Jones Beach. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. Um, but, you know, to listen to that beautiful white noise of waves coming in, they're, they're, YouTube has like all of these wonderful um, ocean soothing sounds of the ocean videos and i get on mine i have actually pictures up of the beach um and everything um and just seaside type pictures and stuff and i get on my exercise machine and i'm just like i'm really walking on the beach right now you know i'm really right. walking on the beach and you can do that hey you know close your eyes go to the gym you it doesn't need necessarily be anything in your own home but do that you know right and um exactly. it's little things like that um and again, if you're in my situation, and I, I think it's very similar to anybody like in your situation, if your stalker is stalking you through the courts, filing mm -hmm. lawsuits against you that have are completely meritless, are meant to bring you within feet of him or her, you know, stalking you, whoever your stalker is, because I've known men who've been stalked by women too. I've known women who've been stalked by other women. Um, and you just... You need to actually know the laws of your state. Knowledge is power. And you can fight these things by yourself, you know, self-represented. But I at least advise people to talk to an attorney. Um, if you can't really afford an attorney, there are victim advocacy groups, the court clerks um, in the court system itself, and domestic violence shelters. They might be able to hook you up with some good attorneys, either low cost or no cost, depending upon your income level. But you exactly. need to fight this in court. You need to make sure you get all of your documentation. Keep everything. Keep everything. Text messages, emails, letters, whatever it is. You show power over your abuser. You show power over your abuser your stalker, whoever it is. And so that's what you want to do is, is you make sure, and you report to the police. Like I said earlier, you, you make a, yourself a pain in the backside to the police. You report every incident of it. So, I mean, much of what I mentioned up to this point has been the practical 
things that anybody non-religious or religious can do. But the spiritual component is very important as well. And I think when you're dealing with someone who is acting this way, a stalker, an abuser, there is something, yes, neurologically, physically wrong with their brain. But I think it's also a spiritual issue as well. I think that they they are very just evil. They're, they're dark. They've chosen that for themselves. And you need to make sure you're choosing light. Um, mm. the Bible is, you know, read your Bible, pray often, read your Bible. The Bible is full of holy complaints, whether it's the Psalms or the prophets, the, you know, the writers of the New Testament, Jesus himself, you know, um, talked about, you know, why is you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I mean, we have such a wealth in our, in the Bible, um, whether you're Jewish or whether you're Christian, there's a wealth of holy complaints. And in these holy complaints, people are completely honest before God, even expressing anger at God. And, mm -hmm. and that is a, an honest emotion. And I believe me, I mean, I've had a lot of, I have a lot of wrestling matches with God. I always remind people that the name Israel means one who wrestles with God. <laughs> one who wrestles with God, right. <laughs> and believe me, it's like, I know what that feels like. And there are times when you have to wrestle with God. But in, in the midst of this, whether um, it's funny because the, the numbers are are switched, but Psalm 37 and Psalm 73 both deal with how to deal with evil, horrible people who are just causing so much problem for yourself. And in the end, you have to keep that eternal perspective. There is more to life than just this life. And, you know, if this is their temporary paradise, however many years or even decades it may last, this is their only paradise. And you have to aim for the eternal. I have to say, I have read some really good books on those incredible um, accounts of people who have experienced death. They call them near-death experiences. And some of these books are written by doctors. And a lot of them talk about, even people have gone through like horrible life experiences, but they talk about how much they are encountered with the love of God. Now, when people who have like been living horrible, selfish lives and doing destructive things to themselves and others, they're confronted with that. And, and yet there's that idea that God both loves them, but that God is also just. And when they come back, their lives are totally transformed. But the point of it is that they get a comfort. The people, especially they're living, you know, in ordinary lives like any of us, but they are assured that God sees everything that God knows everything. We don't understand his timing. I mean, I honestly, I wish God would like slam down the hammer anytime. Now. I know, me too. <laughs> I, it's, all, it's all in God's timing. It I is. It Yeah, is. and you have to keep the eternal perspective. You have to keep that, that there is justice and love at the end of this. That this, again, I, I used to tell this all, I, I still say, there's more to life than just this life. And you've got to understand that. Um, so, you know, it's interesting too. Um, if your stalker is a spiritual abuser, um, and many of them are, my brother, of course, he runs an online cult. Um, but I've, I'm also involved with um, an organization called International Cultic Studies Association. Mm. And through that, I have met other people who they either grew up in a cult or they inadvertently joined a cult either because they, you know, they were a bad point in their own personal lives, or maybe their spouse joined it or something like that. A family member joined it um, and they got out. 
And the cult won't let go of them. The cult leader won't let go of them, stalks them. They send their cult followers to stalk them. And it's just an ongoing issue. They always have to be vigilant. And I, I've told myself, when people are using God's name to do abuse, that's really horrific. That's um, horrific is right. Yeah. About it. You know, whether it's a priest or, you know, a rabbi or, you know, pastor of any sort, you know, when they use God's name to do abuse, it, it does, it does significant damage on a person, you know, their whole being, their spiritual being. And I, again, reached the conclusion, I am not going to let a hypocrite or a heretic define my faith in God. I'm not going to let them define who God is. And that's the right. thing that they try to do. I, I've written actually about this in my blog on my website, um, fightingforjusticebook.com. One of my blog posts has to do with this mm -hmm. issue is that do not let these people define who God is because that's what they want to do. They want to replace that. God in everybody's life. If you don't follow them, then you're disobeying God, you know, and they want to replace God. They want to be God and their followers' lives. And you can't let them do that, especially if you're a former member and they're stalking you and they're getting their, their cult followers to stalk you. You can't let them define who God is. Don't basically blame God for who they've chosen to be. And again, that's keeping that eternal perspective and that's you know keeping the, the right perspective in this life too. You know, I always tell people, that Jesus was spiritually abused, you know, by the religious leaders of his day, they were very abusive, mm -hmm. but also, and especially in cults where there's been sexual abuse. And my brothers, I have two brothers actually, who um, my one brother sexually assaulted me basically by grabbing at me. It was, you know, it took mere seconds, but he was grabbing at my crotch, grabbing, grabbing at my breasts. And oh my I punched gosh. him away. I, I kicked him away. I punched him away. Oh. Um, when I was a little child, I had a brother, another brother who exposed himself to me and tried to look at me more than he should have. And I ran away. Um, these are things that Jesus also experienced when he was in the process of being flogged and crucified. You know, we oftentimes will we'll see Jesus always wearing a loincloth. Well, when he was being flogged, he didn't have a loincloth and the Roman soldiers did not spare the genital area. And then when he was being crucified. He was hanging there naked, exposed before the world. Right. So we, he identifies with us and we need to acknowledge that this is a God who has suffered for us and he knows what our suffering is too. So we need to keep that in mind. Um, right. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. We must keep that in mind always. Oh my God. What happened to you? Oh my gosh. Jeez. So um, it's not as, it's not as bad. I tell myself, you know, this could have been a lot worse. I mean, it could be a lot better too, but it, it could. <laughs> but you, you do have to. There are other people who have suffered, oh, quite literally, a hell of a lot worse than I've gone through. Um, and again, I, I've read some of their writings as well. And it, it's like you've got to take courage from these people. These people have been through a battle, and and we we have to take courage from our own experiences. Really, um, there's a. In Christian history, there's a, a saint called St. Ignatius of Loyola, and he wrote about 14 rules dealing with consolation and desolation. And it's spiritual consolation, spiritual desolation. Um, 
because the mind and the soul, you can't separate us. You know, it's not like we can take ourselves and compartmentalize ourselves. You know, right. what, we, what happens to us physically gets processed both mentally and spiritually. And it's important to remember that when we have these triggers that go off, that we will enter into a spiritually desolate point in which we are grieving again over a wrong that was done. We are angry again over a wrong that was done or maybe still be going on. And so the one point that Ignatius makes is when you go through these spiritual desolation periods, do not make major decisions. And I think you'll find that in the best counseling. If you're in a state, it could be after if you become a widow or a widower, you know, or you, your parent right. died or something, that when you're in that state, give yourself time to heal, to recover, to give your mind the time to process what you've been through. Because it is traumatic and you don't want to make any life changing decisions at that point in time. Um, when you're at a point of spiritual consolation, he said, that's the time to make good resolutions for yourself. That you feel strong about yourself, that you say, OK, here's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm yeah, if I slip, you know, and I'm, I mess up, you know, like dieting. <laughs> you, you, you <laughs> right. Begin, dieting. OK, you, know, you begin again. That's the important thing. So it's, it's important to remember that the desolation isn't going to stay there forever. It may stay there for a long time. You may have periods for it for the rest of your life. You know, um, it, it's like depression, you know, anything like that. Um, but you, you learn to say, yes, this is what I'm going through, but it's not going to last. There are good things I can enjoy and I'm going to do that. I may listen to a beautiful piece of music and that it will console me. Even if I'm crying, I've, I've cried tears of happiness. When my, my husband and I went to the beach a few years ago um, there in South Carolina, I was so happy to see the ocean again that I just literally oh, started crying tears of joy because it was like, you know, that the breeze and the, the ocean waves and that beautiful white sound. And, Oh, it was, was wonderful, you know? Um, but give yourself that time to experience these emotions but also make sure that you're practicing that self-discipline. And especially when you get, you start to hear the lies of desolation, the lies of despair. Oh, it's never going to end. You're worthless. You know, this is the only thing you're worth in life is to be somebody's rape hole. You know, I mean, this is, this is what the lies that can seep into our brains. And sometimes these lies have very, very ancient origins in terms of how we were treated even as a little child. And, you know, especially in my situation with my mm -hmm. brothers, I grew up with them, you know, the things that um, that they said about me and everything else. Um, and, and you need to remind yourself, no, I have value and worth. God loves me. I think Romans chapter eight, um, you know, or again, if, if you're Jewish, I think any of the Psalms where it talks like Psalm 23, that, that's a classic, you know, where mm -hmm. you need to remind yourself of how much God loves you of how much God cares for you and wants the absolute best for you. And, and again, that this is not meant to keep inside that you want to make sure your light shines out to others because other people are always going to go through difficult things. You know, I do volunteer work in a, in a place where I meet a lot of people in deep need. And I think that's an important thing to do when you're going through any kind of situation like this. Again, don't overwork yourself, but get yourself involved with other people. FaceTime, 
real FaceTime. I think sometimes social media, you want to be careful about that, especially if you're being stalked because um, I agree. And I had to be careful myself about yeah. social media. Yeah, I you did. do. Yeah. You have you to do. be really, really careful about yeah. social media because you know, there's fake accounts. Oh yeah. Oh, Grace is here. Oh, my friend Grace is here. Lots of info. She's a staunch supporter of my podcast. So Grace Thank says you, Grace. lots of information packed into this podcast. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your experiences. Grace is amazing. Thank yeah. you, Grace, for being on my YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. Supporter of my, yeah like my brother, he has like, I always say he has like 666 fake social media accounts. And he'll, he'll portray women. He's portrayed women in the past. He portrays, he goes back and forth. Um, he can be a political conservative. Then it can be a political, um, you know, um, radical leftist. I mean, he can, he's all over the board. He can be pro-life. Then he's pro-abortion. I mean, he's all over the place. Oh, and, yeah. and he'll and he'll talk with himself with these using these identities. I mean, and it's just crazy. Um, and this is his bizarre, unhealthy pastime. Um, you know, and that's that's the important thing is don't let these unhealthy people take you down an unhealthy path because they want to spread their darkness. Well, you counteract it by spreading light by being there to help other people, help yourself. You know, um, take good care of yourself, but also reach out to other people. And, and all the while practicing that vigilance, healthy vigilance, practicing healthy discernment, you know, um, there have been people, you know, I've, I have tried to help. And then all of a sudden, you know, they start to become a little too clingy and they start to become a little too manipulative and all oh, they want pity. And it's like, no, 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 no. They you miss you must have those healthy boundaries there. You know, and I, I've talked with therapists and they say, oh, yeah, this happens to us all the time because this is our profession. You know, you have to set healthy boundaries to say, look, you know, um, I'm not here to stroke your ego. Um, I'm not here to, you know, be sucked dry. You know, that's the kind of thing you have to be careful about the types of people that are out there. There are good people. There are really good people. And, and you can mutually encourage each other. Um, right. Those are the kinds of people you want to seek out. Stay away from toxic people. And sometimes it takes a little bit of, you know, time to figure out, uh-oh, you know, these people are not really all that healthy. You know, um, they have a pattern of living that maybe they live a double life. You know, they, they're duplicitous and everything. Um, it, you know, this is this is the way life is. You know, it's not like there's nothing new under the sun. You know, that's also in the Bible. There's nothing new under the sun. And so, yeah, you want to make sure that you um, you just you take good care of yourself. Be that light. Again, your best revenge against your stalker or your abuser is to live a good life. They don't want you to live a good life. And, and no, especially they don't. They don't. if your stalker or abuser is like a former pastor or a former spiritual leader or something like that, they don't want you to live a good life. They don't want you to be blessed. And that's just it. You know, um, one of my, my daily prayers is, okay, God, you know, bless me so I can be a blessing. This is not to be just self-absorbed. This has to do with reaching out and helping other people and being a light to this world, you know, that, that's what's so important. Um, and I think too, some of us go through a lot more sufferings than other people for whatever reason, you know, I, I'm, I, I do catch myself being so envious of people who have rel relatively healthy families. You know, they have their little squabbles here and there. It's like, you don't know what it's like to have right. really bad brothers. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's, 
that's just it. I mean, other people have suffered more than I have. I've suffered more than other people have. But the important thing to remember is that don't let any of your sufferings go to waste. You know, we're here to become, we're always in a process of growing. How are we going to grow? You know, and, and oftentimes when we grow, it always hurts. It comes from pain. You know, I have to say, I mean, some of the most shallow people I've known are people who really haven't gone through very many hardships in life. They always have a support system to fall back on, you know, their parents or other other family members or other good friends. They've had great jobs. They, they don't know what it's like to go through difficulties. You know, I've, I've actually talked with people um, who've come from like Uganda, from the Middle East, and they've grown up with generational violence. Um, in political instability, corruption, crime, like you wouldn't believe. And there's just, there's simply no justice. And when I think about, you know, how do these people, they're happy in life. And I think it's because they've learned to appreciate every good thing they get. And I, I think that's the important thing to remember. I'm not going to let my sufferings go to waste. You know, I'm going to take good care of myself. I'm going to live a good life. You know, we're all going to die at some point in time. <laughs> we're not going to live on this earth forever, thank God. Right, exactly. You know, it's like I'm going to make sure when my time comes, whether I get hit by a Mack truck or whether I live to like 99 years old, and, um, I'm going to make sure that I die a good death because I've lived a good life. And I think that's exactly. really important. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Oh, my God. This is so powerful. I mean... This is so, so powerful. And I'm glad you mentioned Psalm because I'm actually reading Psalms right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm reading that right now. And I remember the quote. Um, so that was about the enemy, I think. I think I was. Yeah, yeah like, like Psalm 23 and stuff. Um, yeah. It's really, that's the classic. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall. Right. That is the class. Yes. Yes. And, and you know, Basically, you prepare as a table for me and before my enemies <laughs> and my enemies have to watch how God is blessing me, you know, um, and I, I think that's that's an important thing is that and again, really enjoying the simple things of life. Um, you know, some people I know they've come out of these cults where it's health, wealth, prosperity, the whole nine yards. And and you got to be really careful about that, because I think the happiest people are those who have the least um, who have appreciated. Mm. what little they have and really make it um, basically in a sense prosper that they, they have a good attitude toward those things. They don't need a lot of things to make them happy. Um, you know, I've known people, blessing, see? Yeah, but I think that there's a simplicity um, definitely enjoying nature. I mean, boy, that's, that's a free gift, you know? I mean, I've known people, even if they live in the city, you know, in like New York City of Central Park. You know, you have to be really careful in New York City right now. <laughs> but anything, uh, you know, and, and especially it, it's interesting. Um, there was one of the other podcasters. He was talking about an associate of his mm -hmm. lost a really good employee because she was being so aggressively stalked and sued by her stalker. Really? That, oh, yeah, that, it happens a lot that she said, you know what? I'm going to find a job elsewhere. She did. She had to quit her job. He said, I lost a wonderful employee. And it's really, it goes back to because the laws aren't enforced. Stalking right. is legal on both the state and federal level. Every, all these states have stalking laws. The federal government has a stalking law. 
That's yeah. terrible. It, it is terrible. I mean, that's one of the things I do too, as part of my effort to not let my sufferings go to waste is to work with my legislators, you know, and to say, Hey, you know, this, you need to hear from us. And uh, actually um, one of the attorneys who's a liaison between the bar association here in Tennessee and the legislature in Tennessee told us straight up, you need to write to the judges and tell them your account and tell them what they need to do as judges to uphold the dignity of the court and put these types of lawsuits and, and basically stop this process of allowing stalkers to stalk through the courts. Right. So, I mean, this is another thing we that break has- the silence. We need to break the silence. Exactly. Because yeah. you know what it is? This is not talked about. No, no. At all, at all. It's yeah. shoved under the carpet, just yeah. like verbal abuse. And now stalking. It's shoved under the carpet. Yeah. And what the, do do? The what do do? That's why you wrote your book. Fightingforjusticebook.com. So I am so glad that you broke, that you are breaking the silence and bringing justice because this is so important, everyone. Oh, I yeah. mean, for those of you who are going to be catching the replay and catching and watch and listening to this podcast episode, you know, like Grace was saying here, um, Hold on one second. Grace was saying here, lots of information passed yeah. to this pot. Right. Your experiences. Okay. Mm. Never let sufferings go to waste. And our legislatures do need to hear from us. And that goes for me too. Yeah. Some of yeah. them listen, some of them don't. I mean, one of my legislators actually endorsed my book, but he's been also very honest. He said, you know what? Some people just, no matter what you tell them about this, they just don't want to get it. Um, and, and a legislator can only do, you know, so much. He's only one legislator. Um, right. Yeah. But but you know what? Do it anyway. Contact them. Let them know this is what's happening to me. But I think also it's important. You know, we have elections now going on, state elections. A lot of judges are elected in this state. They're not appointed, right. um, which I'd rather prefer that way. That, um, But at any rate, um, once January comes, they're sworn into office. We have it as our intention to contact all the judges in this state and especially the chief judges, and say, this is an ongoing problem, and you need to address this. You need to uphold the dignity of the courts and put a stop mm -hmm. to enabling and empowering stalkers to put their victims only feet within where they're standing while they ramble off one defamatory, horrible lie after another. And, you know, that's some of these, these stalkers, boy, I mean, they can really work up the drama. They are the, like, ultimate drama queens, they're always the victim. <laughs> you know? well, and they play the victim. Oh yeah. Um, Every, everything yeah. they're doing is, is like, you know, they, they, my brother does this. He accuses me of doing things that he himself did. Um, one of the police officers who took one of our complaints said, boy, this guy's really good at transference. He takes <laughs> all of all the things he's oh. done. There are actually police records for and court records for. Oh my and god! And, and I, you know, I don't have any police records. I've never broken any laws. I, I don't have any judgments against me. I don't have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pure as a driven snow. I have to say, I have speeding tickets. That's my major sin. I have speeding tickets. Two of them. One in California, one in Connecticut. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that's okay. That's the least of your worries. That I mean. is. That's the only thing I've done. But, oh yeah, he's accused me of being a domestic terrorist. Um, he's oh, he's oh yeah that I'm a wanted fugitive. Oh yeah that uh, oh, wow. oh I I'm a child abuser. Here I am a teacher, right? And he's putting up all of the internet that I'm a child abuser. I had to actually carry with me to work 
a letter from the Connecticut Department of Children Families saying they have absolutely no record of me, no complaints, nothing, because and they had plenty of records on him because he did abuse his children. Um, Terrible. Yeah, this is what I had to have in case one of um, my, the parents of one of my students or my coworkers or what I mean, I told a lot of my coworkers what was going on. You have, and that's the other thing. If you're being stalked, you tell your employer about it. If I mean, it can be a little. Hmm, a little tricky on that one. You got to be careful about that. Um, but you let your neighbors know, you let other people know that this person's hanging around, this person's doing this to me um, so that you have more eyes and ears, you know, but you do have to be discerning about that. Um, you know, some people have actually gotten fired because they're stock victims. Um, and so you right. have to be careful about, you know, who you talk to about it. But yeah, I mean, like I said, when he's making all these accusations and publishing them all over the Internet and you look up my name at, at one point in time, you could find these accusations right on page one on a Google search. That's crazy. And, and so I had that piece of paper ready to show any parent, any student, any coworker, my bosses. I mean, I told my bosses about it in the school system where I was working. Um, he tried to get me fired from my job. He tried to get my husband fired from his job. I mean, you know, this is the this is how aggressive some stalkers mm -hmm. can be. Um and, you know, like I said, don't try to think to yourself that you can talk with these people, that you can try to reason with these people. They are at a level. It's like trying to reason, trying to tame a rabid animal is how I put it. It's trying to you can't tame a rabid animal. This is who their makeup is. This is who their their minds are, where the dark place their minds are. You can't reach it. You're not capable of it. No. So. Don't even think that, oh, well, if I just try to talk with them, you know, meet them for coffee somewhere or something. Oh, that's not good. Forget it. Forget oh, it. Absolutely. And I've known people who have said that. Well, if I, maybe if I just sit down and listen to them. No. You oh, my gosh. Time of day. Yeah. That's the worst. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're not normal people. They're, they're rabid animals. That's how I, I think of it. They have reduced. They chose to reduce themselves to being rabid animals. And you cannot reason with a rabid animal. No, you cannot. There is no doubt about it. And that's the worst when you are the victim and you're being blamed for what has suffered. I mean, that's the worst feeling in the world. It is. I, yeah, I've had people ask me, what did you do to your brother to make him do this to you? It's like, I was born and I was born female. Okay. That's what I did. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, and that's how they get, and that's how they gaslight you. Absolutely. And that's why I keep saying, you know, your best revenge against them, because again, unfortunately they do get away with occupying too much of our brain space. They, in one sense, they have to, because you have to be vigilant. You have to be, you know, balanced, vigilant. And you have to be careful about it. Even if you move to another state, which we did, he still, he stalked us here. You know, he, he was determined to find us. Um, he's a hacker, self-professed hacker. Um, he's published that online about how he's, he's so good at hacking. And he is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he hacked into email servers and he, into our friends' email servers, our family oh members' God. email servers. And he found where we were because, you know, the IP addresses will show that unless they didn't have VPNs back then, you know, virtual, um, what do they call it? Virtual protocol, something like that. Um, oh, right. Vir yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Where they change your IP address around, you know, where it looks like you're like in Guam. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, and do those protective things, you know, talk to security people, see what you can do to, um, you know, protect yourself that way, but protect yourself spiritually. 
that is also very important mentally, physically, That's, spiritually. I it, totally agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You have to protect your own energy yep. and you have to protect yourself spiritually. Yeah. That is so important. And that will affect you mentally and it'll affect you physically too. You know, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Totally, totally agree with you. Totally yeah. agree with you. And I am so happy that we brought this to the forefront today. Yeah. We're coming up to the top of the hour right now. So actually what this is what I would like to do. Let's do, where can people find you, you know, talk about your website and everything, because I would love for people to buy your book. Yeah. Um, you can buy my book on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Um, Amazon, you can get it both paperback and Kindle and you can like order it. You, there's a button to click on my website, fightingforjusticebook.com that you can purchase my book. Um, you know, I kind of go into the history of everything, but I also offer solutions and they're very practical solutions. I think, especially now the, the period that we're in right now with just before elections, people are really fed up with being crime victims. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're Republican, Democrat, independent, people are fed up with crime and they're sick and tired of these people getting away with it. So, um, you know, again, we, we need to do what we can here with this. Um, but yeah, um, I have a place there too on my website where people okay. can contact me if they want to email me. Good, good, yeah. good. Okay. So let me just, see. oh, Grace, thank you for another great podcast. You see thank that? You <laughs> we love you, Grace. Thank you for joining us. So please go to fightingforjusticebook.com. There you can buy her book on, on Amazon. And also, do you do like uh, free consultations where people can actually talk to you? Like, let's say the stock yeah. victim, you know? They can talk to you because that's important. They can email me. They can email me and... Okay. Um, yeah. Um, and I have a blog also on that same website where I blog about certain issues related oh, to the good. discussing my book. So their blog issues is the way I have a lot of resources that actually points to my other websites. Stop, stop, um, stop lawsuits, um, dot com. Yeah, stopabusivelawsuits.com. That's a very lengthy one. It goes through a lot of the history. I have a lot of documentation up there of all the things my brother has done. That's what lawyers told us to do. Had uh, lawyers review this um, mm. and all that. And then also, um, yeah, Stop Religious Frauds is another one. For anybody impacted by cults, that's another one. And uh okay to go to, but I have resources in the stop abusive lawsuits for people who have gone through either spiritual abuse or just are being stalked. There are resources out there um, for people to um, link with. Um, yeah, so they can okay. check out other types of websites. I have links in there to other websites and other resources to help people through this situation. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the thing of it is, it's more common than you realize. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, geez. Well, I'm glad that we brought this to the forefront today. And um, I, we're, we're coming up, like I said, to the top of the hour. Mm -hmm. So what we, um, so let me just hold on one second. I just want to show the viewers today and the people who are listening in, go to fightingforjusticebook.com. And um, also stopabusivelawsuits.com. We need 
more advocates and fighters like you, Paulette. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. We need to make voices heard, definitely. Right, exactly. We need yeah. to make voice. So on that note, we're going to end the broadcast. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Let our voices be heard. Please like and subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Angeline Mitchell. And please go to my podcast, Let's Break the Silence with Angeline. Like and subscribe to my podcast on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google, Apple, and all the live streams. And we wish you a great day. Stay, um, this podcast will be live in three weeks on Monday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern. Please be, you know, please look out for all my podcast episodes, which are live every morning on, on Monday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. So have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Grace, for tuning in. Bye. Bye-bye.